Um, it is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, 25. If you see me look over, I am uh, looking at my iPad over here. So, um, <clears throat> But it is a pretty familiar scripture when it comes to this particular subject. It's Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves, and even the more so um, as you see that day approaching actually says as you see the day approaching this is a series that i have been doing at the church and i'm just felt like i continuing it tonight um simon sinek says the why is the purpose cause or belief that drives every one of us so this midweek series i've been doing is called this is why i've been taking some very key elements of being a born-again child of God and giving my testimony to why I do those things and why I preach those things along with biblical reasoning also as well with this. So the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche once said, he, he who has a why can endure anyhow. Knowing your why is his important first step in figuring out how to achieve the goals that excite you and create a life you enjoy living versus merely surviving. Indeed, only when you know your why will you find the courage to take the risk needed to get ahead, stay motivated when the chips are down, and move your life onto an entirely new, more challenging, and more rewarding trajectory. This quote probably applies as much to this subject tonight as anything. And my subject tonight is, this is why I go to church. And... If we don't know why we go to church, you're probably not going to go to church very much. And obviously, there's a lot of people in our generation of time that don't understand the importance of church attendance or being a part of a local church body. And so that's why, in my opinion, so many other things finds precedence over top of um, church and they don't go. But tonight, my subject simply is, this is why I go to church. And I've been giving my testimony, so let me talk a little bit why I go to church. I am a third or fourth generation Pentecostal. I do not remember ever not going to church. Some of my earliest memories of church are at the Old Star Bethlehem Church there in, on Racetrack Road in Ilsley, Kentucky. Now, then the building's not there. It's Star Bethlehem's Fellowship Hall. But I remember as a young man, if I needed to go to the bathroom, you'd have to go to the outhouse outside the church building. Uh, they didn't have a men's bathroom on the inside. And I know there's a lot of times when I didn't think it was cool or it was cold, you know. I'd say, hey, Mom, I need to go to the bathroom. And there was a ladies' bathroom. She'd take me in the, to the bathroom in there because we did have a ladies' bathroom. And um, those of who are part of Star Bethlehem, if any of those may watch or listen to this later, you'll, you'll remember Billy Eli sitting two seats up from the back row, laughing, shaking his finger, you know. He's just how Billy was. You'd have to know who he is. And uh, if you pass by him, go to Water Fountain or somewhere. But one of my earliest memories of being in church, and I don't know why it's so significant, but I remember it, was possibly six, seven years old, and I'd been woke up by Candy Rambo. 
Many of you probably know her as Candy Giffen. She is actually the pastor's of Star Bethlehem Church's wife now. She was jumping up and down on my back and woke me up from a sleep as I was sleeping under the pew. And um, the church was just a part of me. It's just, I didn't have a choice. We went to church. It was there that I met my beautiful wife. It was there when I remember sitting in that second pew right down below where Billy was, her coming out of that Sunday school room and saying, I'm going to marry that Daniel Orton, whether he likes it or not. And it was there that we got married in that building. But you see, church, it just was not an option for me growing up. My parents did not ask me if I wanted to go to church, and I didn't ask them if I could stay home. We just went to church because that's what we've done. It is there in that church that both my grandparents, both my grandparents, I've seen them there every service, nearly every service anyway. My aunts, my uncles, they went to church. My wife's um, family went to church. It's just what we've done. Church attendance was just a given to me, and that's just what we've done. So as you can see, that is a huge reason that um, I go to church because I went to church. It was just expected of me. We don't see that now. There's a multiplicity of people that I pastor that um, it just seems to be an option. It seems to be an option to their children. But I could count on my hands how many times I just didn't go to church because I didn't want to. Unless we were on vacation, unless we were sick, or at some type of church conference, we went to church. We never stayed home just because we didn't want to go. Because that was just inbred in us. This is just what we've done. We went to church. And somebody might be saying, well, preacher, I understand what you're saying here, but that's not how I was raised. But I was raised that way, and that's why I understand the importance of the church. And there's more to me going to church now than just that. Because um, I know a lot of people that they had the same thing done to them and they don't go to church now. But church is just so important. And attending my local church building was and is important to me and it should be for each and every one that may hear this tonight or may hear this on a podcast later. I was taught the principle of Hebrews 1025 our text it said not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and much more as you see the day approaching we went to church to be fed by the preacher we went to church to hear the word of the lord we went to church for fellowship we want to see our brothers and sisters we went to church to worship god to hear the songs of zion sung to worship magnify god Believe it or not, we went to church for entertainment. I remember growing up as a kid, we didn't have the entertainment we have right now. We didn't have the the phones that we pack around that can entertain us with hours on end with games. And we didn't have the the multiplicity of different venues that you could watch anything you want to watch or um, the capability to travel as we do now. We We went to church for entertainment. It was just a part of our life. And we went to church to see our family. Church was not just where we went, but church was our life. And we did not plan 
the church around our lives, but we planned our lives around the church. We just didn't take off unless we made sure of what was going on. And I know in, in, we live in a modern time when it may not be popular or cool to go to church, but church is still absolutely vitally important in this hour that we live in. And I would dare say, according to the Bible text tonight that I've read, it's even more important in the time that we live in right now. Listen to the text that I read today in Hebrews 10.25 from the Living Bible. He said, let us not neglect our church meetings. What is the church meetings we're talking about? This is when we go to church. And I mean, somebody says, why are you talking about this tonight on, on, online? Because uh, I might get more people watching this that need to be in church than those who would show up. And maybe we'll understand the importance of church. I, I kind of laughed and telling Jacob what I was going to talk about tonight. And I said, I guess um, you're kind of weird subject to talk about for when we've canceled church to have online only. And he kind of laughed. He said, no, that may be the best time. And truthfully, it probably is. But over the last year and a half, we've seen people neglect the church meetings to go into the house of God. If COVID proved anything to us, it proved to how important church was to some and how very little it was not to some. And those that did not value the church, we have seen them fade away and we hardly hear from them anymore, and their lives are in disarray because the church is important. But Hebrews 10.25, the Living Bible says, Let us not neglect our church meetings, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. We are so near to the coming of God. We need more church in this end time that we're living in because the devil is going to fight the child of God harder because he knows his time is short and he's going to do everything he can to keep you away from the church. And we need each other more than we ever have in this end time that we're living in. Isn't, uh, isn't it amazing that in this age of being able to be connected to each other in so many different ways, we are more disconnected than ever? Now, we used to have a lot of drama. I talked about going to church. I remember the church drama growing up. I'm not sure I remember it like I do now, but we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have social media and we didn't have text messages. You don't know how many times I've had to deal with uh, church issues based on social media and text messaging, things like that, because we're so connected yet we're so disconnected. Because in church you have a face-to-face experience. And when you can talk to someone face to face you you can read their emotions you can read the reality of what they really are because you know there's a lot of text messages that's taken wrong there's a lot of facebook social media posts that takes is taken wrong and we need to be connected and, and we're so connected in so many ways in this time but we're so disconnected so why do i need to go go to the church building I mean, a lot of people are like, well, I don't got to go to the church building. That, that's not necessary. It, it is necessary. We need to go to the church building because we need each other. And, you know, I, there's been times that I can text or I can call somebody or I can get on social media and I can say, hey, I need prayer. But there's nothing like laying hands on somebody or encouraging somebody face to face. I remember several years ago... Um, we 
had a situation at the church, Harvest House, and I was hurt very, very bad by somebody that attended the church. They're not there no more. Hurt really bad. I mean, just tore me up, you know. It was on a Sunday. I left that Monday. Star Bethlehem was having church prayer meeting, and I remember walking into that place broken, and I needed the church. And they gathered around me. They prayed for me, and it helped me. It strengthened me. 2019, many of you are familiar with um, the the drama and the stuff that we dealt with, my personal family. I don't know how I made it without the church. We need each other. The church prayed for us. The church encouraged us. Just back the 1st of August, whenever um, we lost the five people out of the church in Texas, lost his mom and his sister, and we lost Eddie, and we lost um, Trevor, and we lost Alex, we lost Monica and, and Linda. It was hard, but my phone blew up with text messages, phone calls, even people showing up on that Thursday night after it happened. My, my brother and sister-in-law showed up, strengthened us. When I seen people at men's conference just a little bit later, because see, the church is not just Harvest House, but you need to belong to a local assembly. But the church is one big body of Christ, but it's broken up to different uh, places, and you need to get somewhere, and you need to get settled in and go there because we need the church. I don't know how people make it without the church. And and, and when I lost my dad and I lost my mom, how how does people survive? without the church being a part of their life. I think I've just unplugged my microphone. So hang on. All right. I think I'm good again. Even new technology. I like my cordless mic at church better, so. But, um, we need the church be at the building because we need each other, okay? Over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another or each other is used. Listen to a few of the commands that God gives us during this time. We are commanded to love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, admonish or reprimand one another. I know we don't like that, but... Sometimes we got somebody admonishing or reprimanding us, telling us, hey, you're going the wrong direction. It saves us a lot of trouble. Greet one another. You know, sometimes just greeting somebody with a praise the Lord, it's so good to see you in the house of God. You don't know how far just something like that encourages you. You know, and, and somebody just encourages you. Serve one another. It's incredible how when you go to the house of God and somebody just has that serving mentality, and helps you. about teach one another? Man, there's, there's nothing like being the Word of God taught to us. Accept one another. Come on. That's what the Bible says. we got to accept one another. Accept us for our flaws, everything that we are. Isn't it wonderful to be able to go somewhere that you can be a part of, that you can be accepted? Honor one another. Let me tell you what. We all need to honor one another in all kinds of ways. Submit to one another. Be devoted to one another. The Bible says to bear burdens for one another and many other tasks. And this is just a few of the things it talks about with one another and each other. And you can't do that by social media. You can't do that by staying home by yourself. You need a church body to go to and be connected to that can help you. I am thankful that we have this means like this in times where we've had 
to cancel service. I know there's been times when used to when we first started the church, it was snow. Well, we had to cancel church, you know. We had the ice storm, but the church was canceled. Well, now then, we've got these means of uh, Facebook Live, and that's great. But there's nothing like walking in the house of God. I remember when we first walked back into the house of God after the quarantine of, uh, last year, and it was so good to be in the house of God. See my brothers and sisters and hug their necks. We need to be able to be in the house of God, and I'm thankful for this avenue and this venue, but we need the church. And we can't do some of those things I was talking about from only Facebook Live, social media platforms, smartphones, texting. We need to assemble with each other to perform those type of things. You see, the word membership, it does have a Christian origin, but this world has abandoned its original meaning. Today, membership has just simply been reduced to adding somebody to a row sheet. There's no requirements. There's no ex, uh, expectations of somebody. But the Apostle Paul taught us that being a member of the church meant being a part of a living body, a sensual part that's connected to the body of Christ. Listen to Romans 12, 4 through 5. For as many... For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Now listen to the Living Bible, Living Translation. It tells it a very good way for us here. The same verses, Romans 12, 4 through 5. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so it's with Christ's body. We are all part of His one body. Each one of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us need, uh, each of us needs all the others. We need each other. Every one of us know how it is. If you've got a hand that's hurt or a leg is hurt, you know, the rest of the body has to make up for that. Or, God forbid, somebody has lost a limb in their body. It affects them. We are part of the body of Christ. Every one of us. I may be the pastor of the church, but we need we need people that's out there doing other things in the church. We need singers. We need musicians. We need worshipers. We need prayer warriors. We need people that willing to serve in the kitchen, serve in Sunday school. You know, don't leave it all up to a few to do it. We're the body. Let's come together and let's bind together and realize we need each other and we need the church. And this is why I go to church. I, I, I go because I want to be a part of the body of Christ. Now listen to 1 Corinthians. As Paul talked to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 12, 25 and 26. He said that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, let's read that from the message paraphrase. It gives us a unique way of telling us what, explaining that a little better for our time that we're in now. It says, 1 Corinthians 12, 25, 26, in the message paraphrase. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on another part. Listen to that. Every part dependent on another. We need you at the house of God. I promise you, when somebody comes, but then they don't show up, you are missed. You are missed. And the longer you stay away, the more disconnected you, come from, you become from the body. Listen to the rest of this. 
the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. I understand the church is a body. It's not a building, okay? And as one person put it, the church is an organism, but not an organization. And listen to me. If an organ somehow is removed from the body, it will shrivel up and die. I can cut this hand off from my body. And hear this, okay? This is so important. You can cut my hand off. And you can throw it. You can take it to the other side of the world. That hand will die, okay? Now, this body will live. It will make it without the hand. Now, providing that... It heals the wound, and it stops the blood flow. It will heal over. It will make it. The church is going to make it without the individuals out there that, that won't come. The body, the church is going to make it, okay? But you cannot make it if you're not connected to the body. All right? Hear me. We cannot exist on our own. You and I cannot do that. And if we're disconnected and cut off from the local body... Our spiritual life will either, it will wither and eventually it will just cease to exist. It has been my experience over, of over 15 years of pastoring and 30 years of ministry that those who do not attend the church regular are those who will struggle the most in their walk with God. That's just plain fact. Of all the pastors I talk to, I have a lot of friends as pastors. I know pastors has talked about this subject. Those People in their churches, in my church, that church that God has privileged me to be a pastor of in Marion, Kentucky, those who do not come regular are those who struggle the most to live for God. All right? Now, that does not mean that those of us who regularly come do not struggle. Yes, we do struggle. We struggle with a lot of things. Okay? There's still anxiety. There's still depression. There's still financial woes. But those who continue to come on a regular basis... We'll get through it. But those who struggle to come, they struggle the most. And if you're not careful, one missed service will turn into two, will turn into three. And the next thing you know, it's been a month since you've come. It's been two months. It's been three months. And then you're too embarrassed to come. And then if you're not careful, you'll be lost. We can't have that. We need the body to reach out and we need the members to reach in and get a hold of this. And I have seen that the first symptom seems like of those who would spiritually declining when their walk of God, it usually starts with an inconsistent attendance to come into the house of God. Unfortunately, that is something that I've seen so, so many times. And the church is so important. You, you need the house of God. And, and you know what? You can... We can take and open the Bible up today and I can find Bible and I've got some scripture here today about I've talked about about the importance of it. But you can't argue with me with experience, okay? That with with all the years that I've been involved with the ministry and the pastors I've talked to, if you don't come to church regular, you will struggle. Because listen, we need the house of God. We need church. And membership, um, it, being, a, being a part of the family of God and calling yourself a member of a local body is not something that we can just, just ignore. The church is God's saving agent for this lost world. 
And if we don't bind together as a church and reach this lost world, there's going to be a lot of people go to hell. You see, because the church, the church is, you're not going to destroy the church. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is going to exist on and on and on, way beyond any of us. And for somebody to say, I don't need the church, it's a very arrogant statement. It's something that will prove to be a very foolish thing in the end. And it will destroy you. We need the church. Because, see, the church is so important that Jesus died on the cross for the church. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. Now, imagine someone saying, I, I can't imagine this. If you was to come up to me and say, hey, I, I really love you, but I don't like your wife. If somebody was to say, hey, Brother Daniel, won't you come over to my house, but we don't want your wife. <laughs> I love you, but your body disgusts me. That's, no, that's, that's not going to fly. And essentially that's what's happening when we say, uh, okay, Jesus, I, I want you, but I don't want no, no part of your bride. I want no part of the church. And whenever we're, what we're doing, when we do that and complain about the church, we're doing that to Jesus. We say, oh, Jesus, I, I, I love you, but I hate your body. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be a part of your body. It, it doesn't work like that, okay? God commands us to love the church as much as, he, as Jesus does, okay? 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus gave his life for us and we should be willing to give our lives for each other as the church. We should come in and do everything we can do and you cannot do that if you're not at the church. There is a saying that is very true and especially in the church. It says isolation breeds deceitfulness. Okay? You cannot isolate yourself and think I can be okay because it's easy to fool ourselves into thinking we have all we need if there's nobody there to challenge us. That's one reason we need the church and we need the body. You need a pastor preaching to you. You need saints that you're accountable to and, and teachers in a church that can help you. Okay? Because if not, we're going to be in trouble. If you isolate yourself, it's so easy to think, oh, I'm okay. I don't need nothing else. I have everything I need. But when we have a body, we can hold each other accountable with the Word of God. Not our own ideals, but with the Word of God. But real maturity shows up in relationships, okay? You want to know how mature somebody is? Put them together with a bunch of other people and you'll see how mature they are. Because if they can learn to get along with one another, you will find out if they are mature or not. And it's so easy. The Bible says that in the end time, offenses will come. Not they might come. He said they will come. It's the spirit of the end time. This, everybody says, why are so many people offended? It's a sign of the end time. Offenses. Offenses will come. And what happens when people are offended and they walk away from That's usually the biggest reason people walk away from the church. They're offended. Okay? I know there's other reasons, but the bottom line is the devil loves us to be detached from the church because the devil loves detached saints because those who get unplugged and get their, their self away from the life of the body you don't have that flow of the blood of Jesus flowing through you to keep you uh, where you need to be the ones who's isolated from the family of God, those who's unaccountable to spiritual leaders 
The devil loves those because he knows that they are defenseless and powerless against his attacks. And the devil will get you. Look, the devil's not... You, you look at it, He's compared to a roaring lion. You know what that lion will do? He will run by a dozen antelopes to get to that one antelope that he's been watching that has not been taking care of itself. It's been staying away from the body. He's sick. He's not been drinking water like he should. He'll go after that weak one. He's not going to go after the strong ones. He'll run by a dozen of the strong ones to get to the weak one because he's been watching that one who has been detached from the flock. And this is why we cannot just be church attenders, okay? We've got to be a part of the church. Someone once said it this way. The difference between being a church attender and a church member is found in one word, commitment. Attenders are spectators from the sidelines. Members get involved in the ministry. Attenders are consumers. Members are contributors. And listen, just because you come to church all the time, it doesn't mean that you're really a part of the church. A lot of people just come to receive. But to really be Now listen, now if the only time you can come once a month, once a year, Easter and Christmas, I'm not telling you to stay home. Come then because some progress is better than no progress, all right? We want you to the house of God. If the only time you can come is once a month, once every three months, come. But I'm telling you that most of the people who make it the best are those who dedicate themselves to church, and they're not just a consumer, but they are a contributor. Uh, attenders want, to be, want the benefits of a church, but without sharing responsibilities. Members put church at the center of their lives. Attenders, now listen to this. Now, this may offend somebody, but it's still the truth today. Attenders are like couples who want to live together without committing to a marriage. Members wholeheartedly say, I do God wants us to be married into this thing, married into the church. Church, attending church is so important to God because it proves that you are committed to His family. We're committed to the family. When we say, okay, God, I do. I'm going to show up. And honestly, I, could, I probably could hardly count the people who are a member of Harvest House, but they never show up. It's a dangerous place. Church attendance, regular church attendance, every service you can is the best way that will help you make it into heaven and have a more successful walk with God. So you saying, Brother Orton, that I can't make it to heaven without the church? Well, I want to be honest with you. It's going to be hard. I hope you can, because if not, there's going to be a lot of people go to hell. But I'm telling you, I don't want to be walking that edge, that fine line, that edge of how close can I get and still be saved. I want to be walking that place of how far can I get away from hell to make sure I make heaven my home. And I don't want to walk there by myself. I want as many as I can to walk there with me. I'm going to bring this to a close this evening. Um, been thinking about this for a while. Been writing some notes down. I jotted this little thought down. I hope it makes sense. It makes sense to me, and I, I feel like I hope I think it will make sense to you. But in the book of Second Kings, chapter four, the Bible tells of a story of Elisha that goes to a Shumanite. He would stop by the Shumanite's house occasionally, and while there, this woman was extremely kind to him. And one day he. Um, 
he told his servant Gehazi, he said, look, this woman's been so nice to us. Why don't you, what, what is it something we can do for her? And she said, look, I, I don't need nothing, but the servant Gehazi, I don't know if he just observation or maybe he heard the Shumanite woman or her husband talk about it. He said, look, the woman doesn't have a child. Having a baby during this time was very, very important. So um, Elisha said, look, I tell you what, God's going to give you a baby. And nine months later, God gave this woman a child. And um, during this process, this woman built a chamber on the wall of her house for a place for the man of God to come and can be there. And one day, uh, let, me, let me just read it here. Second Kings four eighteen through 19 said, And when the child was grown, it fell on the day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. In other words, he went out in the field to work in the field, doing the bidding of the father. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. So the thought that I had with this was, when this child had fallen, the father said, Take him to his mother. Listen, I think it's a lot of times that the Lord, our Savior, Jesus, the Father, He's going he's gonna to put the burden upon the shoulder of the mother, which is the church, to help make sure that them children that's falling down in this world are taken care of. Yeah, Jesus could have said, look, you're healed. You need whatever you need. I'm going to use this type of shadow with Jesus in the church, okay? But what He said, He said, take this child to his mother because the mother was so important. Listen, this world needs a mother. This world needs a church. And we are the church, the living God. We are the mother. We are the bride of Christ. And it's our responsibility to make sure that the children have a relationship with the father. You need a church. And you really, it's hard for you to have the real relationship with the father that you need unless the mother can show you what you really need with that relationship. And I, I know that the church it is, is a place that people can survive, but you have to get connected and get in there and be a part of it. I'm going to close. I just recently listened to a sermon that I would encourage everyone, especially ministers, to go listen to this sermon. It is by the Larry Booker. It is on Truth Radio. Um, if you don't have that, you need to download that app. I think it's a free app. You can get on most of your phones. Just search Truth Radio. Brother Larry Booker preached a message that is so, so good. It's called The Raggeded, Raggeded Edges of the Kingdom. But in that, he began to tell a story. He was talking about the importance of the church. And I wanna, I'm going to close this today and relate this story and, and tell you a quote that he said. He was talking about how the Noah's Ark is a type of the church, okay? And we, we, if you're familiar with church at all, you know that, okay? Only those inside of the boat are the ones who were saved during the flood. Jesus compared it as the days of Noah, as the day of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah's day, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus compared our time to that time of Noah. Why? Because Noah built a boat, it was a church, type of church, to save his family. 
And you and I need to be inside of that boat to be saved. There's a storm going on out there. And if we're not careful, you're going to drown in this world and die. And we've got to be in the church. And there's a lot we could say about this. I've heard Brother Graham preach about it one time, talking about pitching it in, pitching it out, and how important it was to to build it to the right standards. Then we can talk about all that. There's a lot of things in the church that that we we got to have right. That's one reason I'm talking about this series. This is why I do what I do. It's it's because it's my experience. It's the Word of God. But this is the thing that Brother Booker said is so powerfully impacted me and made me think about this. He said, imagine one day that one of them kids was kind of acting up and saying, why are we on this boat, you know, and why we got these stinky animals in here and why do I got to do all this? We got to clean this up and we got to clean that up and we only got this one window up here and and we got all this stuff that's inside this church, the stink and the noise. And, and let me tell you what, if you think the church doesn't have stink in it, you've got another thing coming. That's why a lot of people won't come because they think the church is supposed to be perfect. It ain't supposed to be perfect, honey. It's not going to be perfect because as long as you and I are in it, we are human and it's not going to be perfect. So anytime you got people involved, you're going to find a stink involved, okay? There's going to be drama. There's going to be junk going on. And he said, just imagine. He said, I can just imagine that Noah took that complaining son, took him up to that one window and pointed out there, he said, look out there. You see them floating bodies out there? You see that water out there? You see that storm that's going on out there? And this statement, Brother Booker said, is so powerful. And we need to hear this today, especially those who are struggling with going to the house of God. Brother Booker said, no matter how stinky it gets inside the ark, it's better than the storm outside. Listen, no matter how bad it may appear to be inside the church, it's better than the storm that's going on out there. It's better than the world. It's better than the stuff that's happening out there. I'm telling you what, there's stuff out there that's going on that's absolutely crazy. Even though we've got our drama, we've got we got people that, that struggle with liking each other, and then we have our issues in our church. We're not perfect, okay? It is still the vehicle that God has chose to get us out of this world and see us be saved. So if you want to be saved, you need to get in the church with all of its imperfections, okay? We're not we're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect, but we serve a perfect God. He designed the church, praise God, to get us out of this world and get us to the other side. And you're not going to make it if you're not in the church. Okay? So to answer that question, you know what? If we if we do types and shadows, everybody on the ark inside that boat was saved. Everybody outside that boat was lost. I pray that we understand that church, going to church, not just going to church, but being a part of that church is important. And that's how we're going to be saved. I'm sorry, honey. Jesus called us the bride. We are the church, the living God. And in order for us to be saved, we've got to be a part of that church. I hope you can make it without the church because if not, there's going to be a lot of people go to hell. But from the types and shadows I see in the Word of God, honey, if you're not in a truth-teaching, Bible-believing church that teaches the born-again uh, experience of Acts 2.38 and living a righteous and holy life, honey, I don't want to be there. I don't even want to take that chance. I want to make sure. I want to make sure that I am in the church of the living God. 
Amen. I am so thankful that you have joined us today. Thank you so much for being being here with us today. Um, I'd like to be in the church today, but unfortunately we're not. And uh, we're live streaming and, well, it is what it is. So we're thankful. And if uh, you don't have a church to attend and you're watching this and you're in the Marion area, we'll come join us. And if you're not in the Marion area, we'd love for you to be able to be a part of our services. You can go find our podcast. We share it on this page all the time. And we love you and we thank you so much for joining us tonight. Come join us Sunday at 12 o'clock. We're just going to have regular church this Sunday. Sunday school at 12. Uh, worship will be somewhere around 1.15 or so. Before we get off here today, I want to pray. I want to pray that God would bless us. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord. I just ask that you would help us here today, God. We give you praise and glory, God, for each and every person, each and every individual, God. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I just pray that we help us see the importance of the church, God. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor for all you're doing, all you're going to do. In the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all.